thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. My coccyx still hurts, my vestigial tail is still aching from a children's slide. I'm still in pain. And sorry, um, if I mean, I can't imagine anybody sitting around waiting like, for this podcast to drop in and go, Oh, it's here. Oh, he's late. I'm a few days late, but I've, I've had a few things going on. I'll, I'll get into it a bit later. But my coccyx, my little vestigial uh, tail, I think it's actually... I haven't been to the doctor because... I looked it all up online. This is nothing you can do about it. Um, it's not like you can put your you can put your vestigial tail into a um, into a cast. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I was on a children's slide a few weeks ago on a holiday, and they said don't go down it, but I did go down it, and I bruised my coccyx, which is the vestigial part of your uh, spine that used to be a tail when we were apes. When we were apes, what's going on there with the apes? and human the human connection do you know do you reckon i reckon that we are in fact the missing link we are the missing link so because you think about it like this like there's a monkey and someone obviously someone tampered with a monkey so an alien came down had its way with a monkey and then humans were born we are the missing link but anyway that's got nothing to do with anything we have vestigial tails um vestigious yes deciduous trees we have deciduous trees and our tails dropped off um so yeah and it's, it's anyway going on if you're just dropping into this podcast now you're like what the fuck is he talking about it's like the appendix it's a thing we don't need anymore it's vestigial a vestigial there's a, a vestigial system doesn't matter it's a relic basically it's an ancient relic of our anuses um mine's bruised but i yeah i looked it up online and i mean let's not just i mean i did only just read one thing online i might be wrong but there's nothing you can do about a bruised uh, fractured coccyx so if it is broken if i've broken my tailbone there's nothing you can do. You just got to nurse it until it, you know, comes back. All good. Um, my daughter broke her leg though when she was. I'll get a stronger spine. No, that's a that's a what is it called? Skeletal memory. So, my little girl. She. Hi everybody. By the way, how are you? I've just raced right in here, whinging about me coccyx. Um, yeah, my daughter broke her leg on a trampoline when she was two. But the doctor told us that that's actually a good thing. For, I don't know. I know this sounds weird, but it's a good thing because there's a thing called skeletal memory, and the the skeleton gets tougher or gets stronger because it goes into shock um, because it's been broken. So the, the little baby, the infant skeleton, gets a bit harder, like an X Man. Um, anyway, I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, my anus now is rock solid. I can tell you that. It's um oh Chrissy's coming. I bloody love Christmas. You know what my favourite part of Christmas is? It's my Christmas party. It's only me. I'm the only employee there, and I love it. I just sit there and I get. I've been drinking, guys. Uh, and I don't know if anyone knows my history. It's not good. I've had a confidence crisis the last couple of weeks, and my um my little my little e- my little ego and heart has started to question itself. So I started drinking a little bit. Not bad. Not not problematic. Because when that happens, I I go down a bad space so i'm gonna stop i am gonna stop i'm gonna stop after my christmas party which is just me as i said um i'm the only employee of me um so it's just me at the christmas party i cut sick at my staff christmas party i do i go nuts and i um i photocopy my own i will be photocopying my own anus this year my coccyx to look back at it 
Um, I might touch myself up at my Christmas party. It's just me, by the way. So I'll have to make a, a harassment case against myself at my Christmas party. It's my Christmas party. Yeah, look, I have been. I've been. Um, look, yeah, honestly, I've just been. I've just been getting a bit too rowdy and pissed. That's not why I'm late with the podcast, by the way. Just life stuff's got got in the way. I've got a huge tax debt, so I just uh, I just drank it away. Um, I spent. Oh, look, the reason why I got into such a huge tax hole is because I spent years traveling overseas trying to make it in the US. So I spent way too much money going, I'm gonna make it. And then you're just like, oh, I'll delay my taxes by a year. I'll delay my taxes by another year. And then you find yourself in a hole because I kept thinking, oh, I'm gonna get cast in a Will Ferrell film. Um, and it didn't happen. And it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I say yet. Oh, sorry, Luna's screaming. Um, he knows I exist because he took my role in no activity. So he has seen me and in the American remake of No Activity, Will Ferrell, who was a producer, must have seen me. Well, obviously saw me and he went, oh, that's the funniest one. I'll take that role. So anyway, he does know I exist. Will Ferrell, if you're out there, I love you, man. He's one of those. I just, I, I know it's, um, I know I'm a Marmite comedian uh, or Vegemite in a way. You either love it or you hate it. And I know Will Ferrell is like that for certain people as well. But I think that's, that's the right way to be with comedy. If you're for everyone, you're not funny. That's the way I put it. Even though like Dave Chappelle sells tickets galore, he's not for everyone. There's a whole lot of angry people at him. He would be the highest tickets. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Who cares? What are we talking about? Populist culture and bullshit. Harry and Megan. Jesus Christ. What a load of bullshit. I can't... Look, this is where I will come off as sexist. I, I Look, I'm, I've got no interest in it. And it's not just because I'm male and I have, uh, you know, I have testicles. But I just, I feel it's just princesses and princes. Princes and princesses, it's just my wife is obsessed with it, but she's got, she hasn't got ghoulies. Anyway, maybe I am being massively sexist here, but I dare, dare say it's, um, it's <laughs> gay men and women who really love the, the saga of Harry and Megan. I know someone's going to bloody email me and get angry about that. I don't give a shit anymore. Get angry at me. I'm bloody over it. Bloody, just stop drinking. Um, yeah, so basically I, I um... My, when I got my tax debt back, I got so freaked out. I was like, oh, God, I deserve a drink. And I hadn't, haven't drunk for ages and ages. Like, I'm talking sheesh. Probably three drinks in eight months kind of thing. Like, literally, that's what I... Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I kind of fell a little bit off the wagon, but not in a bad way. Not in a like, oh, no, what am I doing with my life? But it did, it did numb the tax debt a little bit, which I'm still in trouble for. Uh, but I do I look back on all that money I wasted trying to crack the US like it's a lot of it's it, it yeah it costs a lot I mean it's flights and it's accommodation just and sometimes it's awful accommodation I remember I oh, one Air, Airbnb I was in in um, East Hollywood one of my first experiences of, of LA uh, was with a couple of vegan pansexuals so they were right up for anything and the guy I couldn't use the downstairs bathroom because he was making heart like artisanal handmade soap to serve out of his vegan taco truck. This sounds like I'm making it all up. I'm not. And they were definitely swingers and there were weird knocks on the door in the middle of the night. It's like, oh my God, he's going to come in there and bloody completely scrub me clean with his artisanal soap, which I did use. And it hurt because it had a whole like sticks and twigs in it, bits of rosemary and you had a pine needle up the ass and a cinnamon stick up the, down the bloody, the eye, the, the eye of your penis. Anyway, um, awful soap awful people but um yeah I, that, I mean that's the thing you pay a mint to stay in someone's airbnb there and just awful people there's actually a guy living downstairs who had his voice box cut out of his throat this is an awful story but he used to be the um what a, a bit part character on melrose place anyway um 
yeah, it's a crazy town, man. Crazy, crazy town. I, I was heckled daily by a woman with one leg out the front of the uh, the mental health service. Anyway, it was a great experience, and uh, and I didn't make it in the end, and that's uh, just didn't work out. <laughs> My life is a meditation in falling down slowly, I think, and that's that's okay. I'm coming to terms with it. You just got to get the more shit that comes at you in life. Um, I feel not not the, not the thick of the skin. You got to have a thin skin, I I think, because then you could, you're all sensitive and soft. If you're all hard and rough, you just you know you you'll take the punches and you won't think about it because you're punch drunk. You're just getting punched in the head. But yeah, my life is a meditation in falling down slowly, and I think that's an that's an okay thing. That's all right. I will rise again, like a like a mighty gladiator. I will. I'll be like uh, Russell Crowe. So I'll be uh, in Gladiator, and I'll be whipped and full of maggots. And then Dijou Phillips, that really handsome black man, will put maggots into my flesh, and he'll fix me up. And then I'll come back and I'll win. But then I'll get stabbed by some fucking cunt like Joaquin Phoenix, and then I'll I'll die. Anyway, that's um. Geez, Dad's you know I'm in a slightly bad mood, but I'm in a good mood as well. I'm actually I'm a happy fella. Mike Cannon Brooks, if you're listening. Mike Cannon Books, if you're listening, I need somebody to help me with the silly billy walk. Oh, by the way, lots of lovely emails have come through. I haven't responded to all of you, but the, to the fella who um, knows how to write grants, uh, grant applications, I am going to get back to you. I've just been um, doing other stuff. I'm, I'm trying to write a new live show at the moment, so that's been absorbing most of my time. But um, I am going to get back to you because I love your help. I would absolutely love your help because I'm, I'm finding it very hard to try and work out and navigate how to do this. Um, so yeah, and all the emails, I will respond to all of you, uh, individually because, uh, I just, I just keep putting it off. Oh, because I got an, I got, um, anyway, I've got ADHD, which just sounds like whatever at the moment. Like I, I, I bloody, I got a concussion. Yeah, I got ADHD. Um, and I'm waiting for my medication to arrive, um, sometime in January, which, so therefore I'm just procrastinating about writing, but I'm not, I'm still assessing things and writing stuff out. But um, yeah, it just makes me kind of a, it keeps me from doing things when I should be doing them straight away. So when I read an email, I should respond straight away, but I don't. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck, what am I going on about this today? Um, yeah, you've been enjoying the mosquitoes? God, the mosquitoes are out in force. My, my partner, Rosie, she treats them like they're birds in the house. She's like, oh my God, there's mosquitoes in the room. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a big room and it's a tiny mosquito. There's probably 50 in here. She's like, nah, I saw one. Like a fucking pelican is flying around, flapping around her head at night. It's really, it's quite endearing actually to watch her freaking out over a, um, over a mosquito like it is, like a pigeon that's got in the house. I don't think I've told you the pigeon story. God damn it. This is what I'm worried about with the ADHD medication, whether my brain will operate like this. Because I know some of you, I mean, some people just turn off after a minute of listening to me, just like, Jesus, I can't, not even keep up. It's like, what? where the fuck are you going with this? Um, anyway, so I had, oh, I had an amazing experience with a pigeon uh, many years ago. This used to be an old bit of stand-up when, but then I stopped doing stand-up because I was like, oh, I don't want to do stand-up because it sounded like just generic stand-up. So I stopped doing it. Anyway, it's a great story. So I had a one-night stand and um, we kept hearing these noises in the night. Well, I heard them. I heard these weird noises and like not, not just the noises of um, uh, mid-coital fusion, um, but there were weird noises. Like, But I didn't think much about it. Um, but it was a little bit like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you hear... Um, and I'm not joking, or a, a flutter. But, you know, 
both of us a little bit drunk and I was like, what the hell was that? Anyway, I wake up in the morning, there was a pigeon just sitting on the wardrobe looking at both of us in this room, which is really like freak, freaked me out because it means that the pigeon was up there on the wardrobe watching um, me and this lovely lady. Um, and I know I know, I'm not going to shame her, um, but well, you, you won't know. Oh, Tanya, if you're out there, hi, Tanya. Um, anyway, so the pigeon was looking at us and it was really freaky. I was like, oh my God, there's a pigeon in the room. I freaked out because when there's a bird in a small space in a small room, you're like, oh my God, it's not like a mosquito. You're like, oh my God. And then like, you know, me and Tanny didn't really know each other that well. We knew each other, but not, you know, heaps well. And so we're kind of like, you know, basically two naked strangers and there's a pigeon flapping above our heads. And um, I grabbed a bath towel off the ground and I threw it over the pigeon. Um, then I realized I'm, I'm just naked um, in a bedroom with a pigeon uh, in my arms wrapped in a bath towel. So I, I hit it against my, I hit it in front of my doodle because I was ashamed because I was naked. Because I was basically, because I was standing in a room with um, a girl I liked with a flaccid penis holding a pigeon in a bath towel, which is uh, not a good look for anyone. So then I remember we walked, it was at Max's house, my old housemate. I remember going through the house, carrying the bath towel out, and I released the pigeon into the front garden. Now, this was a busy, it would have been a busy-ish Saturday morning. So there were like people out in the street and I didn't think about that. (laughs) This is awful. So a couple walked past with a pram and they just looked in. And at the exact moment that they, because I was trying to make it look funny by now to Tanya, uh, because I had a, you know, I was naked with a pigeon in a bath towel against my cock, and I flapped open the um, the bath towel to release the pigeon, and I said, "Beef." I remember this uh, distinctly. I went, "Be free, my pigeon friend," and I let go of the pigeon, and it flapped out of the bath towel, which was in front of my penis. But it happened at the exact moment when a couple with a couple with a stroller that walked past it. That exact moment, they just looked in to see a man flick a pigeon out of his cock into the eye and say, be free at about, oh, would have been 9.30 on a Saturday morning. Anyway, look, I've got to say, guys, there's not much truth uh, in this podcast, but that was entirely true. A precise history of things with Sam Simmons. The history of songs that didn't get made very good, part two. 19. I didn't mean to kiss you on the eyeball again I just slipped and missed your lips And now I'm having patches with eyelashes 17 and 4 Can I please have Can I borrow some string? string. Can I borrow some string? 42 I just choked on a cardamom pod And now it's lodged in my sinus cavity I've got a cinnamon stick up my ass Triangle Science is rad Hey you science face 47 Your mum Is a fucking sex legend Daddy 5,000 sky. This is about inappropriately touching a Jack Russell, man. I touched a Jack Russell inappropriately. I touched a Jack Russell inappropriately. 208. Please shut the fridge. Please shut the fridge. Please shut the fridge. 100. I, I, I wonder if anyone will comment on my a gentle uh, public service announcement and it's I'm going to sound like a real asshole here don't 
and it just happens all the time in my life. Maybe it's because I've talked about it uh, in, in the past, but if I'm eating, if I'm chewing my meal, don't ask me how my food is whilst I'm chewing my food, okay? It's just, especially if I only had one bite, how's your food? Just like, go, why do you need to be, why do you need a review right now? It's not like, if I was to say, oh, it's a little bit bland, would you, do you want the trouble of having to take the plate back to unbland it or make another meal? Or do you need the validation straight away? Like, I oh, know it's great. And you're like, oh yeah, it's great. Why do you need this right? It's like fucking social media and needing to be immediately appeased at every moment of the day with a like or a click or oh, what do they think of me thoughts? I don't know, that's probably not most of you, but that's, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's just the need, the need for love in this chaotic world. Gee, I'm in a foul mood this week. I know I am. Um, I think it's just got, I've just got a residual headache from uh, the last couple of weeks of life. Um, life's battered me around the bloody head and shit. So I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely in a good mood. I'm just coming across as quite bitter at the moment. I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but yeah. Did blow a kiss to a dog the other day though, which was nice. It was a little, saw a little uh, terrier just tied up at the front of a shop and I was like... And uh, unfortunately, as I was doing that, I was like talking to the dog. This uh, this little old man was walking past at the same time, and he just walked into my view, into my periphery, and it looked like I was blowing the kisses to him, but I wasn't. And he looked at me, and he he went back at me, and I was like, "No, not you, the dog." And then I felt bad because he looked a bit heartbroken. I went, "No, they were for you, but they weren't." Tonight on ABC Four. Millionaire Cats Eating Vianetta, tonight at 8.30 on ABC4. Celebrity Whisper. Celebrity Whisper. It's 2012 and Baz Luhrmann is filming The Great Gatsby in Sydney. And uh, Sydney City Council came to me and they said, hey, would you like to be a chaperone for one of the stars from The Great Gatsby? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. I hope I get a good one. I got Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the best. I was so excited to meet him. And then I met him and then I was like, oh fuck, Tobey Maguire. Um, he's weird, man. Like, so how do I say this? He won't communicate with people who are not A-listers very well. Like, he wouldn't look me in the eye and stuff like that. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? He would only communicate with us normals. He referred to us as the normals. He'd only communicate via a sock puppet that he carried around called Touch Russell. So he got in the back of the van, like, you know, it was a blacked out, you know, tinted van. And I was going to show him all these sights of Sydney. He got in the back, didn't look like he wanted to be there. And when he did talk, he just pulls out this sock puppet, sticks it on his... And the sock puppet, on top of it all, had a really racist Mexican accent. It's like, hello, my name is Tant Russell. If you have any questions for Toby, you'll speak to me. And I was like, oh my God, this is really weird and very, very racist. Um, you know, he's like, hello, I've got a little doodle and a big manifesto. I was like, what? I've got a little doodle and a big manifesto. And what, I don't know, he was saying, I've got a little doodle and a big manifesto. I don't know whether that was in relation to Toby or Touch Russell, the sock puppet. Anyway, I was like, okay, um, Touch Russell, if you could ask Toby if, uh, what he'd like to see in Sydney, can I take you out, you know, for some classic fish and chips at Watson's Bay or something like that? And uh, Touch Russell was like, no way for holy. And it turns out the only place that Toby Maguire wanted to visit was the brand new IKEA 
that had just opened in Tempe. And I was like, really? I was like, okay, we'll go to the Ikea. And we went to the Ikea. We went there every day for two and a half months. It's the only place he wanted to go was Ikea. And he just sit in like different like lounge room settings and French Ankerton, um, kitchen cabinet suites and uh, Hrankenhurks, um, bloody uh, display units for bathrooms. And I was just like, what is going on with this bloke? It was really, it was really quite distressing because like, I felt um, belittled because I had to talk to Touch Russell. I'm like, no way. Um, and it was, it was really offensive just uh, having this, you know, this, this A-lister and he had sunnies on in a hat, no one knew who it was. Um, but it was just this man walking around berating me via a sock puppet with a Mexican accent. And I was like, this is bloody, this is not on. After, like, and after two months of it, I'd had enough. And I, I got touch Russell, Toby, in a, in a headlock. Not, not, not Toby's neck, but his wrist. Like, and I was choking out touch Russell going, what the fuck's going on with you? Who's the real Toby Maguire? Who's the real fucking Toby Maguire? And the sock puppet came off. And Toby Maguire was just sobbing. And he's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. And I'm like, who am I talking to? Touch Russell or Toby? And Toby's gone, I don't know. I said, what's wrong with you, Toby? He goes, look, I've been acting for so long now. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know who the real me is. And I was like, oh my God. And he's like, I don't know who I am. I'm just an odd sock. And I look at him and I'm like, we're all odd socks, Toby. We're all bloody odd socks. He was just weeping in my arms. I, I crash tackled him through a stylish yet affordable for and kitchen cabinet display unit just sitting there sobbing and weeping and then I picked up Touch Russell and giving him the carcass and he put it back on his arm and then I realised I had a moment of solidarity there so I took off my shoe and took off a sock that I was wearing and I slipped it on my arm and I created my own character called Alf Paranihi who was a Tongan man so both very racist I spoke in a Tongan accent which I'm not going to do and uh, Touch Russell with the Mexican accent I, accent, and I actually challenged him on it. I was like why do you have to do this awful accent um, he's like, what are you talking about? It's a speech impediment. I said, but it sounds Mexican. He goes, no, that's just the speech impediment of the sock puppet. I said, but why do you say no way free hole? And he goes, doesn't matter. Anyway, by the time I left the Touch Russell, Alf Paranihi, Toby Maguire, Sam Simmons bubble, I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know how to spell Hyundai. I still don't know. I still don't know how to spell Hyundai. Hot pie and tomato sauce The same again for the second course From Perth to Sydney they all endorse that Hot pie and tomato sauce They say the cooking in Australia is uh, pretty much of a failure But there's one thing they consume with zest It's the dish the Australians like the best And it's hot pie and tomato sauce the same again for the second course From Perth to Sydney They all endorse that Hot pie and tomato sauce The Prime Minister went to London town With other Prime Ministers To dinner sat down They gave him turtle soup, champagne and such He said it's not bad stuff But I don't like it as much as Hot pie and tomato sauce same again for the second course From Perth to Sydney They all endorse that Hot pie and tomato sauce Billy Jones today is 103 We congratulate him on his anniversary He's had three kids since he was 95 And you probably wonder what keeps him alive Well it's hot 
time tomato sauce same again for the second course from perth to sydney they all endorse that hot pie and tomato sauce over at randwick the other day a hundred to one outsider led all the way when they held an inquiry to consider the objections, they found that his trainer had given him injections of hot and tomato sauce. Same again for the second course. From Perth to Sydney, they all endorse that hot and tomato sauce. Hot and tomato sauce. Same again for the second course. From Perth to Sydney, they all endorse that hot and tomato sauce. My daughter's become obsessed with watching, uh, I think you call them, what are they, like, exploitation films? Um, not black exploitation. What is it? Exploita- um, B-grade, D-grade horror trailers. So there's a great horror trailer from a 1980, uh, sorry, 1958 film called The Blob. And my daughter's obsessed with watching it. It's really good. I recommend you watch it. If you get the chance, uh, look up The Blob. And uh, watch the watch the clip because it's really it's it deserves a re a remake. Um, now speaking of weird noises and old housemates and stuff, uh, reminds me of a story of Kerry Bacon. Now Kerry Bacon was a housemate that I used to have many years ago, and uh, we called her Kerry Bacon because we didn't know what was going on. But whenever she was in the shower, we heard a weird noise. And we came to the conclusion that it sounded like Kerry Bacon was just in the shower. It was a slapping noise, like a. Like a wet meat, like this slapping noise was happening in the shower. I've never, I've never heard it again. Um, someone out there might know that there might be some beauty regime um, that where it requires you to slap um, or something like that. It was a very, very strange noise. But we, we came up with a hypothesis, um, my ex-housemate Shane and I, that uh, she was slapping rashes of bacon on herself in the shower. Therefore hot shower it's cooking the bacon at the same time she's slapping her back with a rasher of bacon and then eating it at the same time thus the story of kerry bacon um i don't know why i told you that story it just completely it, it popped into my head maybe because of uh uh the, the pigeon story as well just like weird stories of housemates i do miss a share house there's something freeing about having your own space because you don't get that when you're in a family like it is a share house essentially but no space is just separate it's not like you don't have your own bedroom, which I miss. I do miss having my own room. It's my room. That's my room. You, I'll go in there. For, the door's shut. You don't come in that room. When you're in a family, there is no such thing anymore. That was the joy of a share house. And if you wanted to be social, you go into the lounge room and you like, you know, you fight over the TV and stuff like that. Now it's just like it's just a free for all. Like you know, you have to. I have to. I mean, I defecate with the door open now, which is like the, the end of all romance. And uh, I mean, sometimes I'll hotbox Luna in there as well, and she can really be punished for annoying dad during his privacy time. Let's play badminton. Uh, my deep dive this week is not, I mean, it's kind of deep, but it's not deep. It's look, I found a whole lot of uh, facts about ghosts and I thought I'd get into, oh, maybe I could swap it to pigeons. I've got a pigeon one ready to go. No, I mean, that would be in theme. No, I've prepared ghosts. I've done the printing. I've printed it out on paper. I have to do stuff on paper sometimes. Um, just, I feel bad about that. Like, um, if I'm writing a new show, I need to print it out and then make notes on it. And everyone, and like you know, everybody else I know is just like, why don't you just type it out? It's like, well, it doesn't work like that for me. I'm old-fashioned. I'm bloody killing trees. I'm fucking killing trees because I'm making art. 
Um, anyway, so anyway, I've printed out Go, so we're going to be jumping into Go soon. Uh, but I've been looking through lots of old stuff that I've done. So obviously I'm finding lots of sound things and there's a history of things and all these little sound drops that you're hearing from wonderful producers that I used to work with. Craig Shufton, uh, Nina Las Vegas, uh, David McDonald. Um, gosh, who else was there? There's so many. Voice work of Darren Scarce and Steph Smith, all these beautiful, wonderful people from around Triple J. Nick Finlay, amazing voice. Max Laverne, anyway, Nicole Cheek, all these amazing people that used to work at Triple J with me to find these sounds. But anyway, I've been looking through all these old material and I found this is the reason why things failed for me in the US. Because um, I wasn't going to be a little bit of hot property there after I won the Comedy Award. I went over there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it, man. Um, you know, I went on Conan and all this type of stuff and then you're just like, ah, oh, shit. And this is why, because I found an old pitch. This is a pitch that I, I uh, made uh, over in the US. 2013, I wrote this. I'm not going to tell you the name of the... <laughs> I'm tell you the name of it. So this is, okay, it's, this is the idea, okay? So it goes something like this. He's a voiceover artist who can't do American accents, which I thought was pretty funny straight away because that's me. Um, when I was sending to do auditions and stuff, I was like, I can't do an American accent. If I do, it sounds like really offensive. I can do like a, um, a gay New York Latino, like, oh my God, what are you doing? Um, and I can do something that sounds like Bill Cosby, which is entirely inappropriate. Theo, you cannot borrow the car. Anyway, so... Um, I thought it was funny that I'd be a voiceover artist in the US, but the reason why I was out there is because I, this is, this is the pitch by the way. So I was, um, in a relationship with a former Australian soap star, like a Margot Robbie, who had convinced him to move to LA and he's like, oh, but I can't do American accents and I'm a voiceover artist. And she's like, no, it's all right. We're going to, it's going to be great. We're going to make it. And he, she goes over there and makes it huge and then dumps him because he's, you know, he's, he's shit and he wants to win her back. Um, but you know, he's, he's got no money, no work. He can't do an American accent. He can only do Australian accents. Um, his visa runs out and he becomes an illegal immigrant. So he gets forced into, uh, the Mexican underground or the, uh, I guess like the, what do you call them? The illegals. And he ends up working at a gay juice bar in West Hollywood called fruit salad people. Um, anyway, so, and people would be like, they'd look at him because it's me playing the character and I look like I could be Greek or Estonian. I'd be like, no, I'm actually an Australian. Um, I'm an Australian Mexican. I'd say I'm Australian Mexican because there ain't no further south of the border than down old Australia way. And the thing is then this guy, this Australian guy who can do a really, really impressive Mexican accent, um, which is also really, really offensive. Um, he, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is, by the way. I'm not making this up. This is a real pitch that I put in. Uh, he ends up heading um, a group of illegals in Los Angeles and becomes the Jay Cavara of the Mexican underground and causes a huge strike that happens. Of uh, I don't know whether you've been to, if you've not been to the States before, there is, how do I put this? It sounds really awful to say this. It's, there is a brown underclass of, it's slavery. It's essentially slavery. You've just got like Mexicans, they call them illegals. There's other awful things they call them, wetbacks, all this type of stuff. And they just do everything there. They clean toilets, they're nannies, they do the gardening. And in this pitch, I was like, what if they just stopped working for a day? It would just bring America to its knees. And I then end up setting up a, a yogurt chain um, and making money from that. And I try to win back Margot Robbie. It's a long story. It's a long, long story. But anyway, the pitch, guess what the pitch was called, people? Black yogurt. Black, and you wonder why I'm now have a massive tax debt 
if I'm pitching absolute rubbish like that, that I was going into board meetings with HBO and going, all right, guys, here we go. It's called Black Yogurt. And then it's me trying to explain that they have an underclass system of, um, of brown slavery going on and it made them all feel awkward. All right, get out of the room. You're not coming back. True story, people. True story. Mind you, we seem to be having the same thing happening in Australia at the moment. There is. Next time you order your Uber Eats, have a good look and think about that poor Bangladeshi guy that's uh, riding your fucking chicken burger in, you know, awful traffic, risking his life for $13.50 an hour. Uh-oh. Like the aquarium. Yeah, like the aquarium. I went to the aquarium. Don't care. Yeah, I went to the aquarium and I saw the jazz shark. Jazz, jazz shark? shark? Yes, the jazz shark. Jazz shark. What do you think you're doing? Yeah. Playing piano under the water? Guitar. Jazz shark. How can his fins be dexterous on a on the guitar? Jazz shark. He's holding a plectrum. Jazz shark. Look at him go. Doesn't it like the strings get all wet under the water? Jazz shark. I can't believe he's playing jazz flamenco guitar. Jazz shark. Jazz shark. What are you gonna do now, jazz shark? This. So what I've done here uh, for this week's deep dive is I've looked up. Just a whole lot of tiny ghost stories. And I know that some of them are true and some of them aren't. I don't know which ones are which. And we're just going to go through and either believe or debunk straight away. All right, here we go. The frozen chicken that killed Sir Francis Bacon, the philosopher um, of the 1600s. If you don't know who he is, look him up. He was empirism, I think it was. Anyway, um, basically, you need a ruling system to manage people kind of I don't know it's a bit backwards but anyway the frozen chicken that killed Sir Francis Bacon in 1626 is said to haunt Pond Square in London the first frozen chicken was created by Sir Francis Bacon who stuffed a plucked chicken with snow in 1626 to experiment with refrigeration it worked but he died from a chill contracted during the experiment is that a true story or not. During the trial of Alva Zona Heaster in 1897, a testimony from a ghost was accepted. Is it true? In 1993, J.R. Costigan sued the country mu- a country music bar in Wilder, Kentucky, claiming that a ghost had beaten him up in the gents. He wanted the bar to give him $1,000 in damages and to post a beware of vicious ghost sign on the lavatory door. The judge dismissed the case. Is it true? There's a book named The Haunted Vagina. The Spooky Vag! Um, what else could you have there? The Deadly Hole. No, that's awful. Um, uh, there's a book named The Haunted Vagina in which a woman's vagina acts as a gateway to the world of the dead. Oh, that's like, um, no, that's Ghostbusters. Remember that? The Gatekeeper. Anyway, available on Amazon uh, in paperback priced at £6.66. That sounds actually, that sounds untrue. In, in October 1995, Southern Electricity rejected the claim of an Isle of White woman that her 900-pound electricity bill was caused by ghosts turning the lights on and off. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Because go- the ghosts are always just doing that, aren't they? Just turning the lights on and off. Because that's, of course, that's what they're always going to do. And it, also, has anybody seen a modern ghost? I know this is probably really bad stand-up here, but you never see a ghost just in jeans, do you? you they're always in a bloody, like... Like ye oldie frills, or dress like little Lord Fauntleroy. Like, oh shit, that's that scary boy. You know, you, I've never even seen a 1970s ghost, or you know, even in a movie. Oh, except for that one. Remember the ghost in Three Men and the Baby? 
Um, there was that scene. It was a real rumor at school. You had to watch Three Men and the Baby, and there was a ghost in the background, but they, they debunked it. It was apparently some kid on set hiding behind a curtain. But anyway, uh, in 1996, a power failure in Singapore was caused by too many people cooking for ghosts. Oh, that's really funny. That's a real thing. The Chinese in Singapore celebrate a month-long Hungry Ghost Festival in August and September. That makes sense. You give an offering. It's like giving an offering to the spirits, so you cook for a ghost. Hungry ghosts. Here we go. Uh, the Afrikaan, Afrikaans for candy floss is sporkasm. Ghost breath. Oh, that's cool. So candy floss is known as spook breath. Because it kind of looks like ghost breath, like um, ectoplasm. I, I kind of, I don't, I don't mind that. A ghost moth can whistle through its tongue. That sounds real. The word lava comes from the Latin word for ghost, probably because most lava are translucent and white. That that's the most boring fact I've read. Uh, before guests may stay in room 204 at the 1790 Inn in Savannah, Georgia, they must sign a waiver releasing the management of all responsibility should any items of clothing be stolen by the hotel's ghost Anne. That sounds like a load of um, shit. That's just that's a five finger discount from the uh, the cleaning lady. A spirit house is erected at dangerous uh, corners in Thailand at intersections to placate the evil spirits that cause traffic accidents. That makes sense. If you believe in that, you do that. It's like, oh, there's too many accidents here. Put a monument there. What's what they do anyway? You know, like when someone's in a traffic accident, they just keep putting, like, your, a, a motorbike careens, you know, into a parked car or a pole, and then people just keep putting flowers on the pole. Anyway, um, and it, it is. It's like rewarding the pole. And if that pole wasn't there, that person might still be alive. Don't bloody... Don't reward the poll. Anyway, 1942, the American National Association of Spiritualists resolved that uh, for the duration of the war, no medium, here we go, mediums, should ask the spirit of a departed serviceman any questions whose answer might furnish military information to enemy agents in the audience. Jeez, that's funny. Um, sorry, that, that sounds really funny to me. So, did you grasp what that was? You, If you do... You can't talk to it. If you speak to a ghost soldier, um, you shouldn't divulge any of its secrets just in case someone from the military is in the audience. That's ridiculous. The Navajo. Oh my God, the Navajo. I went to a Navajo sweat lodge. You can look at this footage online if you want. Myself and Dave Quirk, we went and um, had our spirits cleansed out of us. We were making a documentary for Animal Planet. Here we go again. My American dream shattered. Um, so we went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, hung out with the Navajo, went to a sweat lodge, and actually a really fun story um, and you can watch it online I'll try and put a link to it um, to you on Patreon a, a secret one for the Patreon people um, I think thanks by the way for Patreon you guys are, it's really nice of you considering how poor I am it's actually really helpful um, so anyway it doesn't matter what a bitch I'm such a little whiny little bitch face today uh, anyway so I was in a sweat lodge and um, what you have to do before you go in he, the guy his name was Warlance was our medicine guy, a medicine man, our spirit guide. I've probably said the wrong word there, but he didn't mind us calling him a medicine man. But he was our spirit guide named Warlance. He asked me, like, straight up, he just said, are you circumcised? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, oh, you're going to have to tie off your skin on the end of your penis like a little balloon knot. And I was like, are you serious, Warlance? And he's like, yeah, Dave was circumcised, so he was fine. I was like, I didn't even know the, the Navajo were circumcising each other. But anyway... To, to tie it off, he said, Use an, have you got a rubber band? I said, no, I don't. He pulled the hairband 
off his own head. The hairband off his own head to give to me. He's talking about sanitary stuff in a fucking sweat lodge and I'm just putting a greasy hairband around the enemy knob. Anyway, um, no spirits got up uh, up in there, so it was all fine in the end. All right, here we go. The Navajo feared being haunted by the dead, so the body was burned and the deceased's house was destroyed. Oh, on the on the back from the uh, on the way back from the funeral, relatives took a long circuitous route to confuse the spirit into not following them. But what if you like them? You know what I mean? Like you've obviously you, if I mean, I imagine there's nice ghosts and bad ghosts, but I mean. If it was, you went to your, your nana's funeral and you love your nana, that's not going to be a ma- malevolent spirit, is it? That's going to be a nice one. That's for people who are assholes, to the people who died. Anyway, the ancient Hindus believe that sneezing drives away unwanted spirits trying to infest the body. Oh, that's no, that's not true. That's dust. Um, there's a dating site for ghosts called ghostsingles.com. That's a load of bullshit. And 2013, more people in Britain believe in ghosts than supported the Labour Party. That could be true. Um, many American theatres are closed on Mondays to allow the ghosts that haunt them the opportunity to put on their own plate. That's ridiculous. Thomas Edison developed and tested a device to communicate with the dead. He called it a spirit phone. That could be a thing. Um, here we go. Dan Aykroyd's father, Peter Aykroyd, was an actual ghostbuster. He's even written a book about his experiences with the paranormal. I mean, I could look that up right now, but I don't want to. Uh, the Los Angeles Pet Memorial Park is home to the remains of Hopalong Cassidy's horse Topper, Petey the dog from our gang, and Humphrey Bogart's cat Boots. Some believe the cemetery is haunted by the ghost of Kabar, Rudolph Valentino's Great Dane. What a load! Of, this is all a load of shit. Ghost dog. Ghost dog. Um, so that could be a movie. There was Ghost Dad. That was a Bill Cosby film, wasn't it? Um, anyway, the oldest ghost in Britain. What do you mean the oldest ghost? The oldest ghost in Great Britain is a Bronze Age horseman <gasps> oh, hiccup, sorry, who gallops along the open downs of Dorset in the dead of night. No, it's not. What do you mean? How do you know it's the oldest ghost? This is a load... This is making me uh, less spiritual, I can tell you this, people. While Abraham Lincoln is one of the most commonly uh, spotted White House, White House ghosts... If he is! As if people are seeing Abraham Lincoln. Um, the residence is also said to be the home of Abigail. I mean, what is it? Is it another plane? Is it astral? What the fuck is going on here? It's a, what it is is a load of shit, I can tell you that. This one's cute though, here we go. Pookie Night. Pookie Night is Irish for Halloween. <laughs> and is so called after the mysterious spirit Pooka. In Welsh, it's Nozcalan Gaif. Welsh is funny, isn't it? Sorry if you're Welsh and you think, hey, it's not funny. It is. It's a very, very, uh... It's such an interestingly weird language. I can't work out what's going... It's Gaelic, isn't it? Is it Gaelic? No, that's Irish, isn't it? But it's Welsh Gaelic. Is it a thing? Anyway, I'd like to know... I I find um, language and the way it's all broken up and how the the harshness of a German sound um, versus the the fruitiness of a French. And then you've got the Gaelic, which is very playful. uh, Irish American. You know, like... uh, What's that that name? Um... And Lafroig, 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 that Scotch whiskey, Siobhan, and the way it's spelt. And when you look at it in Gaelic, you go, well, how the fuck does that happen? Um, a lot of swearing in this one. I think it's because I'm, I'm a little bit sloppy in the head, people, but I'm doing all right. I hope you're doing all right as well. Carpet or floor? Carpet or floor?
Capital Floor. Well, I think we can all agree um, that was a load of bullshit. Uh, the ghost deep dive this week. I will be back. I will do pigeons next week. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I, look. I just. I guess I, I'm not a believer. Uh, you know, I, like why? Why? Why can't we see? It? And why is it always night? Why can't you see a ghost at a fun run or at Coles? You know what I mean? Just like in the fridge section. Like, oh shit, what was that? Oh, it's a ghost. Oh, they are real. Just something to validate what's going on that can prove what we already know, which is that they're, they're not real. I I reckon there's a better chance of seeing Nick Cave at Coles than a ghost. And guess what, people? I've seen Nick Cave at Coles. That's a true story. I saw him there. Uh, it was Coles Balaclava, and I know that he was shopping for his mum. It was a few years ago, but I saw it. Nick Cave at Coles. Well, I think that... Um, I think that should be it. That was a that was a very odd. That was an odd episode. I mean, there was honesty to it. Um, I guess it's like a Mamma Mia episode or podcast where people really reveal themselves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was, but I hope uh, if you are struggling out there at the moment and you're feeling a little, don't turn to the bottle. You can ring people. You can talk to people. I'm not saying I was at that point, but I just uh, yeah, I do get a little bit funny when I drink, and I probably shouldn't have been doing that. But it is the season. Um, but it's also an excuse. It's, uh, yeah, if you, you do struggle with that stuff, there are people you can talk to and counsellors and stuff like that. Um, and do remember, you can still get your mental health, uh, what, do you, what is it, like, I think there's 12 free sessions you can still get a year now to talk to someone. I know it's hard to get to talk to someone, but you can ring Lifeline or just talk to a friend or talk to, talk to anyone. Just talk. Just, you know, bloody go for a walk, go for a run. Um, eat some bloody broccoli. That helps. Eat some fish if you're not a vegan. Um, have a handful of cashew nuts. I don't know. Just the essential oil, the amino acids is what you need. But um, yeah, do look after yourself. It, it's hard. I know. I know these feelings, and I know that at my worst points is when I am alone. So it's four o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up and I'll just go, "Fuck! What's going on with my life?" I know those feelings. And if you if you are, I mean, you're welcome to email me if you want. I can't. Don't ring. Don't bloody email me with really full on stuff because I. Um, I tried that with Talksies last year, which was uh, the mental health service where I was taking phone calls every day, which turned out it was fun, but geez, it bloody ruined me a bit. Um, but yeah, look, if you've got any advice or any questions you've got, any quick life questions, dream interpretations, anything you need done, send me an email. I'm going to email you all back ASAP and stop procrastinating because of me meds. But look, just look after yourselves. Be kind to everyone. Be nice. Reach out. There's a lot of lonely people around Christmas time. So reach out to those people that, even people that have pissed you off in the past. Maybe just send them a little message, go, I love you, I'm thinking about you. Think about a funny thing they did and go, oh, remember that funny thing you did? You're a bit of an asshole. But hey, I remember this fun thing we did together and I do love you. And maybe you don't love them, but it's nice to feel like you're loved a little bit. Fake the love, fake, fake the love, fake the love. Fake that love if you want to. Maybe you fake, I mean, I do that with my own head just to, generate um, goodwill, which I probably think is a very unhealthy method, but it's a little bit like being a Stepford wife, um, where I just think to myself, yep, it's going to be positive, yep, it's going to be good today, going to have a good day, going to be positive, and smile at people and go, hi, and on the inside I am crying, but after a while, you kind of, it clicks in in your head and you're like, oh, I do feel better because I'm being kind to people, they're being kind to me, these are good things, anyway, good vibes. Uh, okay, hey, and thanks, look, big, big thank you again to everybody who uh, contributes on Patreon. I mean, 
you know, it might cost you a, a coffee a month if you want to get on there, but it's a, it's a very kind thing of you guys to do, and I really appreciate every one of you. It's, it's helping, it's helping me immensely, and um, it's just a, it's a nice little community evolving of this whatever this podcast is. My God, I don't even know what it is. From week to week, I compile stuff, I take some notes, I sit here alone and talk to myself. I mean, a few people have suggested I should get someone in to talk to or talk with, but I don't want to. I think just. Uh, my head, my train of thought coming at you, and if it's your thing, that's bloody. That's the way we're going to keep it. I don't have. I don't have to bloody have a chat with someone, unless I love them. I'll bring them on. Oh, Will Ferrell, I'm reaching out to you. Mike Cannon Brooks, I'm reaching out to you. I'd love to chat. Uh, have a chat to you. Who else would I like to have a chat to? Glenn Close. I'd like to have a chat to Glenn Close. I um. I'm interested. I'm interested in her career, and when she played that Alfred character. Anyway. All right, well, hey, um, look after yourselves. Like I said, reach out to people that you haven't thought about for a long time, have a deep thought, and send them some love. And I will send the love back to you. And here's my here's my final robotic thought. All right, see you next week. Bye. Use yogurt to stick cornflakes to your face. And then if anyone asks, just say, Yeah, hi, I've just contracted corn scabs. Sheesh. Thanks for bringing it up. It's really not very embarrassing for me at all, you cunt.